So this is inspired by, of course, Boom Goes the Dynamite, and much more recently, Tom Brenneman and Nick Castellanos. I, I was combing through what I... I comment earlier tonight. That's right. Don't know if I'm going to be put on this headset ever again. Some underrated and perhaps forgotten sports broadcasting e-breaks. Had this on my mind. We had Mike Cousins on earlier. We all appreciate a good sports broadcasting e-break. Really, an e-break of any kind, and especially here on the station. But to a national audience, national TV audience, I want to start with this from 2007. Mike Patrick, do you remember this, doing college football on ESPN with Todd Blackledge? Oh, okay, go ahead. A Georgia-Alabama game. Went to overtime. This was a Saturday primetime matchup. Alabama was up 23 to 20. Georgia takes over from the 25, change of possession. And this is where Mike Patrick goes. I have an important question. What is Brittany doing with her life? Who? Brittany. Brittany who? Spears. What is she doing with her career? Why do we care at this point? Is she here? I don't think so. Is she a football fan? Oh, I'm sure she is. It's like Mike Patrick needs to leave Brittany alone. Yes, that's right. I, I, actually, I think Bad Radio played that back in the day. Yeah, we, we, I wanted to start with one that we can all remember and appreciate. Uh, it just hasn't been heard in some time. By the way, a couple of years ago, Todd Blackledge revisited it with Sean McDonough on a Florida LSU game because a player was from Kenner, Louisiana, oh, Brittany's okay. hometown, and he brought up, I wonder what Brittany's doing with her life, and they all had a chuckle about that. Okay, this one I had never heard before. I do not remember this. Maybe you guys do, Sean and Eli. Also from 2007, also an ESPN college football game, Navy and Pittsburgh on a Thursday night. Lou Holtz with a non-sequitur. Oh, no. Now gets the football back. It may not impress you, but Holtz means hard work. Okay. I just thought I'd throw that in. Okay. I'm going back to the game. That's going to be a by quarterback. He just threw that one out. It was the first turnover of the game. And Mark May and Reese Davis really want to get back to football. What year was that? 2007. I felt like Holtz hung around for like another almost a decade after that. Out of nowhere, Lou Holtz wants to tell you his last name in German means hardwood. Okay, I was just thinking the same thing. I, Thanks, Lou. How Thank long ago was that? And it sounded like he was 230 years old, yeah. and yes. that was 07? That was bad. 07. Wow. Hmm. He's still with us, right? Lou's still with us? Uh, he's still with yes. us, but he's not on. Well, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's got to be 90s now, right? Also, Lee Corso. Sorry, buddy. It's yeah. time. It's time. Yeah. I, I hear you. We, another topic for another day. We, but, we yeah. love Lee Corso. But I want to yeah, get you in trouble with your ESPN. No, <laughs> it's, exactly. it's okay. We we love Lee Corso, bottom line. Uh, to the 2003 NBA Finals, Game 6 between the Spurs and the Nets. Does anyone remember the one year that the booth calling the NBA Finals on ABC was Brad Nessler, Bill Walton, and Tom Tolbert? 
Wow. This is years before we had Mike crew. Breen. Uh, it really is. This was also one of the lowest rated series I think yeah. we've ever had, too. Yeah. San Antonio and, and the Nets. Tom Tolbert, he played seven years in the league, longtime radio personality Warrior. in the Bay Area. But did you ever imagine a booth where Bill Walton wasn't the guy pulling the e-brake? Here it is. The Nets have been here before. Last year they were swept by the Lakers. I mentioned earlier, Tom, they've proven they belong. But they need one good night to make it Game 7. Just one. Just one. I mean, their shooting has been about as sour as milk with an expiration date of June 18th. 94. It is, if you're okay. squeamish, There's you may more. want to turn away right now. Because these numbers are, I don't know how to put it, other than just atrocious. 38% shooting. 27th beyond the arc. Jason Kidd not getting it done. You look at the ejection in their face right now. And when you're leading field goal percentage shooter, it's Richard Jefferson at 42%. I mean, these numbers right here are right up there with gasoline and Mexican food as all-time vomit inducers. What? You can't shoot. You what? can't win. It's that simple. Bill. For San Antonio, and if you to move on would have that. seen what? Bill Walton's face at that. By the way, Bill Walton in a suit, uh, just a a suit, not a, a ridiculous, tie-dye. a ridiculous sight. Uh, again, two thousand three. <laughs> just looking at Tolbert. What are you talking about? Yeah, why is gasoline and Mexican food uh, catching stray bullets yeah, there for no reason? Mexican food, right. a, Mexican food is delicious. What are you talking about? Ninety four reference. Yeah, that too. That again, oh. that wasn't even the worst part. Again, underrated, forgotten sports broadcasting e-breaks to a 2007, once again, college football game on ESPNU between Iowa and Northern Illinois. Brian Kinchin analyzing a player trying to catch a pass with his body instead of his hands, and it takes a turn. Well, it looks like a pass that needs to be caught. Yeah, you can't use your shoulder to catch a football. You've got to get your hands out there every night. And I'm out there with my kids working on catching the football. They want to use their body. It's just a natural instinct as a human being. But you've got to learn to be able to put the ball in your hands. Your hands are what makes it possible. Your shoulder pads are hard and stiff. Your hands are are, are tender and they can move and caress the ball. <laughs> that's, that's kind of that's kind of gay, but hey. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> Listen. Fourth down and nine. Yes. <laughs> get it back on time track. For time to punt. Yep. Let's go ahead and get that snap back uh, to the old punter there. Yeah, he, uh, he was suspended the following uh, week yeah. by ESPN. I could see that. Uh, holy moly. Let's, <laughs> I don't remember that. Oh, I no, heard that one no, either. no. Wow. Let's keep that SG theme going with the late Rick Majerus. Of course, longtime coach with Utah and St. Louis at the end of his career. He was in the college basketball studio for ESPN in 2010, and he's talking about the Yukon Husky, Rudy Gay. And also, what you mentioned there about Marcus Williams, he's going to help Rudy Gay. And what's been impressive, I think, is the fact that UConn has really played point guard by committee. And that's going to help them, too, because all their players have had to basically have some point guard responsibilities until Williams is back in the fold. And that's gotten valuable minutes for Austri, who's going to be better as a result. You know what? You mentioned Gay. I'm not a big Gay guy because he's inconsistent. He has these peaks and valleys. Sometimes he disappears. And No, I, I really like those guys that are rock solid that you can, you know, Rely on and Andre Hill have a reliability. Yeah. Well, no, but I mean, you know, you know, if right, you want so Steve Lavin, right. Steve Lavin was the first voice that you heard there, and try to steer it back, and yeah, and Steve Lavin's—you should have seen him on camera when 
Rick Majerus said uh, he was not a big G guy. Steve Lavin's eyes just go large, just bugged, uh, out. bugged out. That's a, that's a little bit akin to the one we heard from Shaq and uh, Barkley a couple weeks back, where he says, well, when you're down in the paint and you're banging, and the guys are banging you, and you just see right. Shaq just start dying yes. laughing. Yes. I was like, okay. Uh, and finally... <laughs> We're the, all children. Yeah, <laughs> no much. doubt. Uh, see how you can handle this. The best of them all... Halftime sideline report on the Clippers telecast. It's the Clippers and the Trailblazers from 2007. This is reporter Christine Nubla. Thank you. Well, the Clippers may have a very comfortable 13-point lead going into the second half, but as always, there are elements to improve on. I just finished talking with assistant coach Jim Ion and asked him what he liked, didn't like about that first half. He thought defensively the team started slowly not picking up Portland's uh, double penetration, dribble penetration, that is. Offensively, he thought their there. Well, you know, there might be a few holes in that Clippers defense. There might be. There just might be. <laughs> Teddy, that was awesome. Thank you.